All right, so today I want to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get through all four, but if not, um, we'll do two and two. But um, let's turn real quick to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. It's important that we understand certain qualities of leadership according to Jesus. One of the most interesting things about um, Jesus is that he never actually teaches on leadership. He teaches on servanthood. Um, the Bible doesn't really speak about leaders except in the New Testament in regards to pastors, to bishops, to elders, etc., etc. But when we study the life of Jesus, what we consider a leader is far more, it's far different than what Jesus spoke about as far as servanthood, what it means to be a servant of Christ. And so I want to talk about four things um, about leadership. And so let's go to Luke 9. You guys have it? Yes. Okay, so Lucas, Luke 9. Um, and we'll start from verse uh, verse 10. And it's the famous story of, G of Jesus feeding the 5,000. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped away quietly uh, with them towards the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going, and they what? Followed. They followed him. I'm, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Um, I don't know why, I just like this one today. Um, and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men there. Now, keep in mind that in a different account, it's not 5,000, it's, it's a different number. And the reason being is because in this account of Luke, Luke is only counting the men. It's not counting the women and the children. So if we're quite honest, a conservative number would be right around... 15 to 20,000 people that were actually there. Um, and then it says, uh, Jesus replied to uh, tell them to sit in groups of about 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples, what do they do afterwards? Yeah, they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. They ate the leftovers. Here we can see a couple of qualities or characteristics of leaders. And I think it's very important that we understand this because this is what's going to help us to lead our small groups, and not only lead our small groups, but lead in the ministries that we are called to lead into. And the first thing is people will always follow a leader who ministers to them. We see it in verse 11. It says, but the crowds found out where he was going. Who is this? Jesus. They found out where Jesus was going. Right before um, he feeds the 5,000, um, Jesus is ministering to the people. Jesus is um, talking to the people and ministering to them. And so the thing is, is when people find out that Jesus is leaving, they don't stay. They want to follow him because that's the nature of people. People all have needs. And when God has called people like you, like myself, to minister to those needs, people will follow. And that's the difference between a leader 
or somebody who I would say a servant of Christ and somebody who's not. There are those that minister to the needs of people and there are those who just preach to get fame, to get a greater following. Um, they preach because that's their job and it translates even into the music world or in the worship world, uh, we can call it, where it's no longer about ministering to the needs of the people so the people can connect with Jesus and enter into the presence of God. Now it's what church is gonna pay me? Where do I get a paycheck? Um, where am I going to get um, the best networking so that I can fulfill my dreams? And it, and it stops being about the people. And so ministry was created for the people, not people for the ministry. And we have to remember that. It says, but the crowds found out where he was going and they followed him. Now, there are three things of a leader who ministers to people that we ought to see in this verse. And there's three important things that Jesus did. It says the first one, it says he welcomed them. A good leader that ministers to people makes people feel welcome. There's never, oh, there's just too much. I don't know what to do. There's just so many people. They just need to wait. No, Jesus welcomed them. You don't see the account that Jesus said, hey, it's too much. You need to stop because I need to find rest for myself. I'm just too stressed. You know, it's, just, it's thousands of you guys. It's just way too much for one person. Jesus, you don't see that in Jesus. The Bible says that he welcomed them. Number two. It says that he taught them and taught them about what? The kingdom of God. It's very important that when people follow you, you're not teaching human philosophy, human psychology, because that doesn't change anybody. It may change for a temp, uh, 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 temporarily, but if you want something that changes eternally, teach about the kingdom of God. What are the conversations you're having with your small group? What are the conversations you're having with people um, that you minister to? It's always about the kingdom of God. You teach them about the kingdom of God. You can only teach what you know. So if you don't know, then submit yourself to someone who knows. Fill yourself up with what you know, because you can't give what you don't have. So Jesus, what did he do? Number one, he welcomed them. Number two, he taught them. And then the third thing says, and he healed those who were sick. So you see three things here manifested in how Jesus treated the people. The first thing is there's love. He welcomed them. The second thing is scripture. He taught them the kingdom of God, the spiritual things, the importance of keeping the word of God. And the third thing, the power of God. It says he healed those who were sick. We have to have those three things in our ministries. The love for people, for the lost. Teaching, biblical teachings, the kingdom of God. And thirdly, that as we teach that people can also experience the power of God. Now we have the Holy Spirit to help us. And so um, that's also why in, in, in the New Testament, Paul says, I didn't come to you with human philosophy or excellent words. I came to you with a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. So th the power of the Holy Spirit must be present. The love of God towards people should be present. And also the knowledge of the scriptures, the importance that we give to the scriptures should also be present. Those three things, as we minister to small groups, as we minister to young people, have to be there. The second thing um, that, that, well, before I get into the second thing, now you see that when people follow Jesus, Jesus doesn't take advantage and tries to, to prosper off of them. You'll see a lot of leaders nowadays. We want more people. Why? I had a pastor tell me this one time. He said, do you want good things? I was like, yeah. Do you want a greater sound system? Yeah. He goes, then get more people. And I was like, what? He said, yeah. 
He says, where's the money? I was like, uh, I don't know, banks? He goes, no, the money's in the people's pockets. So the more people you have, the more money you have. He said, and the more money you have, the greater things you can buy yourself. And I was like, what? And this is a guy who's still pastoring. And the guy has thousands of people. But you see, Jesus' attitude wasn't that. It wasn't, let me take advantage of the people. And so you have to understand that, no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm eating healthy. He's, you're out of his face, dog. You're, that's temptation. It's goldfish. Hey, the Lord never said you wouldn't be tempted. He said, don't fuck. Don't yeah. I'm prayed up. Um, and and you'll, and you'll, what's that? Oh, that's Isaac. It's a Zoom music. Um, and so, um, you have to understand that when you are entrusted with a group of people, whether it be young men or young women, that you're teaching them the kingdom of God and you're not using them to prosper yourself, to get to a, a higher place. I was telling Kevin, we were talking about uh, something um, about a month or so ago. And I told him, I said, man, if I wanted to, I could use the youth group ministry to promote myself and to put pictures of myself and videos of myself ministering to the youth and all these other things and become some social media preacher, which is what everybody wants to do. But that's not what God called me to do. God called me to minister to the people. Everything else is extra. If it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. Because God didn't call me and God didn't call us to be famous on social media or to be famous for recording or whatever it is. He called us to minister to the needs of people. He called us to serve people. And we have to we have to remember that. So always remember, you don't have to fight for a following. People will always follow those that minister to their needs. So minister to their needs. What are their needs? Talk to them. The second thing, a leader sees a need and does something about it. Um, there are far too many people that see things wrong with organizations or even churches or ministry but never do anything about it. They're just complainers. Well, you know, I've just noticed that, you know, they're really lacking in this area. You know, they could really uh, get somebody to help them clean. They could really get somebody to help them organize this area. And one of the things, I'll tell you guys a, a, a story. One time there was a guy who was upset because I was a youth pastor. He didn't like me youth pastoring. He said, all I did was entertain people. He said, Necesita enseñarle la palabra de verdad, la sana doctrina. He was one of those like sana doctrina guys, right? Which for them, that means no makeup, uh, long skirts, guys always wearing a tie, et cetera, et cetera. But then, so it got so, it got, <laughs> it got to a point where we had a meeting with the pastor and a bunch of other leaders. And so they all said, okay, great, we'll listen to you. We'll remove him as a youth pastor. Who do you suggest? He said, I don't know. And somebody said, well, why don't you step in until we find somebody? Because you know what you're talking about. You step in, you minister to the youth. He said, no, I'm not doing it. And so they said, well, okay, until we find somebody, then, you know, Lalo's going to stay there. The problem is, is there are many people who are so good at seeing needs or even the negative things in churches or ministries or even other people's lives, but never do anything about it. And a true leader, a good leader, will do something about it. This is what the Bible says, Luke 9 and verse 12. It's the following verse. It says, Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat in this remote place. Why is that important? It's important because although the disciples asked Jesus to send the people away, 
they noticed something. They noticed that the people were hungry. They noticed that there was a need. Why? Because when you are among people, you will always discover that you will always discover the need that people have. And the disciples were among the people and they discovered, they found out there's a need here and they're hungry, but we don't have anything to give them. So Jesus, please send them off. But Jesus responds completely different. And so um, in the following verse, Jesus says, you feed them. Why? Because when you see a need, when you discover a need, Jesus expects you to do something about it. That's why Jesus, that's why God has entrusted you with leadership. That's why God has entrusted you with ministry. You know, I just really wish, you know, somebody would teach us about the Bible. Okay, you do it. Find somebody. Um, you know, it would be really nice, you know, if we could just take pictures every Wednesday and post them to the social media. Okay, take pictures every Wednesday and post them to the social media. You know, I just wish, um, you know, it's. I, I wish Lalo would, uh, you know, do something else. And Okay, well, help out. You know what I mean? So... It's more than just giving ideas and it's more than just discovering what the need is, it's actually doing something about it. In the Old Testament, we see the same principle with um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah. He sees that the walls, the city's in ruins, the walls are broken, and he goes and he begins to rebuild the walls. And so one of the biggest problems um, of people who call themselves leaders, and I've been in so many meetings where it's complaining after complaining. Well, you know, the pastor doesn't do this. And well, the pastor, he's always doing this. And it looks really bad on somebody who calls himself a leader, but talks bad about their leader or mentor or whatever it may be. So in order to change that, we have to understand that if we see a need, it's for a reason. It's because God expects us to do something about it. The disciples were among the people, and that's very important. Because when you hang out among the people, you're going to find the needs of people. And when you find the needs of people, that's where you do something about it. Oh, just, well, you know, yeah, Lalo's a youth pastor. He just, he hasn't texted me or called me. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, he hasn't texted me or called me either. That's not a leader. Well, you know what a leader does? You know what? I know he hasn't, but you know what? What about tomorrow? Let's go get some coffee, you and I. I know I'm not the youth pastor, but I'll spend some time with you. Why? Because you're a leader. And so... For whatever reason, people think that if they complain enough, their needs are going to get met. And that's not the way it works. Complaining goes completely. It's the complete opposite of praising. And so when we understand that and we learn that, then our needs will get met by Jesus himself using us. Does that make sense? So it's important to be among the people. You want to know how the people are thinking. You want to know where the people are. You want to know where the youth group, where their hearts are at, how they're doing spiritually. You spend time with them. And so I think I told Isbeldi when they first came to, to the church, the way I was taught to do ministry was you don't hang around the young people. You, you're, you're set aside. Why? Because when you become common to the people, they lose respect for you. Because when you spend too much time with them, they're not going to respect you anymore. And so that's the way I was taught. But when I got to ministry and I started and I became a youth pastor, I, I quickly learned that's not the way you do things. And that's not the way Jesus did things. Jesus was amongst his 12 disciples. Jesus was among the people. And when you're among the people, that's why also Jesus said there's no prophet without honor in his own hometown. 
and his homeland. Why? Because the very people that you minister to, many times they won't have respect for you. But that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but that's something that we put up with. Why? Because Jesus put up with it too. If it happened to Jesus, you don't think it's going to happen to us too? If Jesus had one person that betrayed him out of 12, you don't think there's going to be people in your circle or in your leadership or in your small group that's going to betray you? It's going to happen. It's happened to me. It's happened to pastor multiple times. It's going to happen. But that's part of the calling. That's what happens when you're working with people, when you're ministering to people. And you can't let that bring you down. On the contrary, what was the result of Judas betraying Jesus? He died on the cross. He died on the cross. What was the result of Jesus dying on the cross? He forgave our sins. But also, if he never died on the cross, he would have never resurrected. So you'll see betrayal in your life, and it's not meant to just stay on the cross. But there's always going to be a time where resurrection comes because it happens. After betrayal, there's death, but then there's always a resurrection when you're serving Jesus. So always remember that. The third thing. Um, yeah, I got a couple more minutes. The third thing is God will not ask you and pay close attention to this one. God will not ask you to do something that is out of his capacity. Now, notice I didn't say out of your capacity. God will not ask you to do something that is out of his capacity. And nothing really is out of his capacity. Why? Because out of your obedience, God will perform miracles to minister to the needs of the people. Look at what... Um, at verse, I think it's 14. He said, for there, it says, for there were about 5,000 men. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of about 50 each. So the people sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could dis distribute to the people. So what ends up happening? There's a miracle that happens. <clears throat> But it only happened when the disciples obeyed Jesus. When we are obedient to the words of God, then we're going to see miracles happen. Because God, notice that, that Jesus doesn't tell the disciples, hey, well, if you believe enough, I'm going to uh, perform this miracle. He doesn't tell them what he's going to do. He doesn't give them the game plan. He just says, tell them to sit. Tell them all to sit in groups of 50. What do they do? They don't say, well, where are you going to get the food? What are we going to do? They didn't do like a nacho libre. We, we looked like a fool last night. You know, it's like it, it wasn't anything like that. They believed Jesus. Said, Jesus said, go do this. So they did. And the success of a minister, the success of a disciple of Jesus is not in the multiplication or in the miracle that came afterwards. It's in the obedience because that's the hardest thing to do. So when we're obedient to Jesus, when we're obedient to his calling, when we're obedient to what he tells us to do, then all we have to do is sit back and wait for the miracle to happen because it's going to happen. There's a need. Jesus is going to ask you to fulfill that need. But I, I don't have the capability. I, I just I don't know the Bible all that well. I'm, I'm not good with people. I think one of the uh, most common conversations that I have with Heriberto is, well, it's just my personality. It's my personality. And for everybody, it's different. For me, it was uh, now I know it's called social anxiety, but I didn't know what it was. It was like, I just get nervous in front of people and I don't know what to say. Like, I remember the first time they asked me to speak in front of a mic. 
they said, um, dala bienvenida. And I was like, uh, and they called me out like in the middle of service. So I go, hermanos, sean todos bienvenidos. Y te damos gracias, Padre, en el nombre de Cristo Jesús. Amen. I was like, oh, I wasn't supposed to pray. I had no idea what was going on. And I was like, that's the last time I'm ever getting on the mic. I'm not called to preach. If I can't even do that, I'm, that's no. But Jesus doesn't call you according to your personality. He calls you because of your obedience. So when you're obedient, then just wait for God to do the rest. That's all God is looking for is obedience. And so when the disciples obey... Then comes the multiplication and the needs of the people are met. So in your small groups, there's going to be needs. And you're going to say to yourself, man, I, I don't know how to how to fulfill this need. What happened to this thing? It just kicked everybody off. It's connecting again. Let me connect it to my phone instead. Maybe that works. <laughs> Hello? She was watching you. She was watching you. She was watching you. <laughs> Let me see this. She's watching. Okay. Are you guys there? Sorry. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, I cut off. I don't know what happened. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, so, so let me finish off this part. <laughs> so in your small group, you may say, man, I don't know how to minister to the needs of this, uh, of this person. This person's depressed. This person's battling suicide. This person's just having a weak moment spiritually. This person just says that they don't want to pray anymore. What do I do? How do I do? Why, why did you call me to this, God? I can't do this. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. This is what Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says. It says, by his divine power. Whose divine power? His. his. Not, not ours, but by his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So we don't, we don't need anything else. He's already given us everything we need. So God is never going to ask you to do something that he didn't already give you the tools to do. God's never going to ask you to do something to believe in him for a miracle that he cannot perform. And we know there's nothing impossible for God. So if God asks you to do something, even if it seems crazy, guess what? God's going to come through. So always remember that. And then number four, and I want to finish off with this. And this is very important. Serving people is a requirement for anyone that claims to be a disciple of Christ. Serving people is a requirement for anyone that claims to be a servant of Christ. Now, why is this important? Luke chapter 9 and verse 15 says, So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. All you need is the blessing of Jesus. That's all you need. And then everything else is a piece of cake. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the, to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they what? As much as they wanted. There wasn't a, hey, there's a limit. There's a limit. You just, no, they ate until they were full. And then it says, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Why is this verse important? This verse is important because number one, Jesus doesn't talk about being a leader. Jesus requires them to do 
what a servant does. And what does a servant do? A servant serves. So the first thing you need in anything, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a, a business, uh, what do you call it? A business, not startup, but a business. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I don't know what you're going to say. Endeavor. That's what I'm trying to say. I think. <laughs> uh, you're trying to start a business. You're trying to do something. All you need is the blessing of Jesus. Because if you have his blessing, you have the green light, everything else is going to multiply. And then um, it says he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to who? The people. Now, this is important. Why? Because when you consider... Maybe you don't consider yourself a leader, but you're in a position of leadership in the church. Leadership in the modern church is completely different than what leadership is in, in Scripture. Now, I know I said that Jesus never talked about leadership. He talked about servanthood. And that's what it means to be a leader, is to be a servant. Who was passing out the food? The disciples. Now, if the people were, were, were hungry, do you think the disciples were hungry? Yeah, they had been there with Jesus the whole time. But what did Jesus say? You know what? You guys eat first because you guys are leaders. And then the people can come up here and get their own food. No, it's completely different. Because they are the disciples of Jesus, what do they have to do? You go and pass out the food. Do you know how long it took to pass out food for over 15,000 people? Let's just say it was 5,000. 5,000 divided by 50 is how many groups of 50? 100. Is it 100? So, around a hundred. It's around a hundred. <laughs> so it's five thousand people. If during the um, the Thanksgiving dinner there was around three hundred people, and it took I don't know how many, how long did it take for everybody to eat? An hour, hour and a half, whatever it is. As Beldy was like running around and like everybody's like running around and then cleaning up and all that stuff. So that's that's 300 people. What's 5,000 divided by 300? Kevin? It's not an even number. I can't do it that fast. Oh, we're just going to round up. Divided by 300? Yeah. 16.6. <laughs> <laughs> so 16. So if it took us about an hour for 300 people, that's 16 hours. That's like the whole day serving 5,000 people. It's, it's, yeah, uh, granted, it's 12 disciples, 12 people, but it's hours and hours of serving people while you're starving, while you're under the sun, while there's heat, there's exhaustion, you're probably thirsty, but the people come first before your need. And not only that, then on top of that, it says they ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of what? Leftovers. This is how you know something's wrong with current leadership in churches. And I'm not talking just about pastors or elders. I'm talking about even leaders or even, and, and, and I'll talk a lot about the worship team because it's always the people on stage. They're always considered some sort of leadership, whether they're musicians, singers, or preachers. Always people who have an opportunity to grab the mic and to be on stage. Um, for some reason, people who are on stage, and I can say this because I'm a person that I've been on stage for years. For some reason, 
there's this thought process of I serve on stage so I get priority. I serve on stage so I shouldn't have to suffer like everybody else. I ser- have you guys seen that meme of I think is it Hunger Games where there's like that lady like that's wearing or no it's a I don't know it's a movie they're like on top of like a castle or whatever and they're looking at everybody down like this. That's kind of what people look everybody else who doesn't serve on on stage they kind of look down on them. I don't have to do everything else that they have to do. Why? Because I'm a musician, because I preach, because I teach, because I sing. And that's got nothing to do with serving. It's a privilege to be on stage. And this is something I was talking to, to the musicians and the worship team yesterday in the green room, <laughs> out of all places in the green room. And so when we consider ourselves a disciple of Jesus, the number one thing is serving. We have to be people with an open heart of, of, to serve. It's never, well, I'm, not a, I'm a leader, I don't have to do this. Because you're a leader, you do. Because that's also what Jesus says. He said, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, He came to serve. serve. So if we're going to do things according to Jesus, then we're going to be the first ones to serve. Um, there's no recognition in helping out with the pupusas, but guess what? The things that nobody wants to do, that's where Jesus is most glorified. There's a reason why Jesus said the last shall be first and the first shall be last. The, 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 el más pequeño será, será el grande y el grande será el más pequeño. Because God does things completely different. And, and I'll finish with this. The disciples not only have to pick up everything, but then there's leftovers. They, don't, they get the leftovers. Why? Because we have to understand that when we serve Christ, it's not about man's glory. It's not about, well, they got that. We just got the leftovers. No. When you're a servant of Christ, when you're in leadership, when you're in ministry, you're in charge of a small group, your reward is not going to be what everybody else gets. As long as you maintain a pure heart, your reward is going to be greater and higher. Do those 5,000 people get to spend three and a half years with Jesus? Yes or no? No, they were there for what the events they were there for the miracles, but they weren't there in intimacy with Jesus. Who did Jesus speak to on a personal level level? The disciples. So you have two choices. You can either choose Jesus or you can choose the glory of man and say, well, I want I want the full. I don't want half of this bread that somebody already touched. I don't want this half of fish. It's leftovers. You either get Jesus or you, you, you get a full basket of, of brand new fish and bread. So it, it's our choice. So with that said, for the next year, um, and I'm also telling you guys this too, is anybody who's going to be, who wants to be on the worship team, that's great. They have a desire. That's great. But it's going to be a year process. Why? Because being on stage is not people who have talent or, oh, I know the pastor's son. I, I, I can get a shortcut. No. We don't get shortcuts. I didn't get a shortcut. I remember even telling my mom, I'm moving to another church because my dad won't let me preach here. He won't let me minister here. And he wouldn't. And he didn't care. And I told him, I, told him, I was like, I'm going to tell him that I'm going to another church. And I remember I sat down. I was like, Dad, thank you for everything you've done. You know, I try to be super diplomatic. And, you know, I just want to let you know that I'm going to go to another church. This man was cleaning his glasses. And he turns around. He goes, oh, si, por qué? I go, because I can, I have a lot of talents and, and, and churches, you know, they need help and I'm not doing anything here. He goes, okay. 
I was like, I'm so offended. That's all he said was okay. And he said, maybe you'll find a church that'll pay you for what you know. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, why, why doesn't your church pay me for what I know? And right. And then I would get invited to preach. And then he would tell me to get on my nerves so bad. Like, wow, that's great. The Lord's using you. Wow, maybe that church will hire you. And, and then, it, then, then it got on my nerves and I never said anything. I never said anything. Because I was after something else. I, I, I wanted to run away from the school that God wanted to mold me in. And I'm glad I stuck it out. I ended up not moving. I ended up staying here. And it's the best decision I could have done. I could have made. So where God puts you, there's always going to be a reward. It doesn't matter if it's picking up the trash. It doesn't matter if, you know, you got to be the first one here to set up and nobody's going to give you a recognition or say as much as a thank you. That doesn't matter. Those, those are leftovers. I want Jesus. I want to thank you from Jesus. I want recognition in heaven. When we get there, Jesus is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's my recognition. That's what I'm looking for. Amen. So the first thing, first thing is people will always follow a leader who ministers to them. Number two, a leader sees a need and does something about it. Number three, God will not ask you to do something that is out of his capacity. And number four, serving people is a requirement for anyone that claims to be a disciple of Christ. So let's say you didn't know how to preach. Let's say you didn't know how to sing. What's up? What was the first one? Um, people follow a leader who ministers to them. People will always follow a leader who ministers to them, to their need. So let's say you didn't sing, you didn't preach, you didn't play. How do you actually serve Jesus? That's mostly for people who are on stage. How do you actually serve Jesus? You take away that part. Who are you? What do you do in the church besides, you know, hey, I just listen to music and I come and I play. I just, you know, I prepare a sermon every now and again. And, you know, I'm a leader. I don't do anything. No, because you're a leader, more is required of you. More is required of us. Amen. Because we're going to give a lot more responsibility. We're going to, we have a lot more responsibility because we're going to give a greater account for the things that God has entrusted us with.